Have you ever wanted to raise your hand and ask a question during the Sunday morning sermon? Are you looking for a place to find real hope? Join us on the Real Life Living in the Here and Now podcast as we tackle life's most unwelcomed questions and learn to live free and real. Each week, we'll take on a subject that cuts through the hype and deals with the hurt and brokenness everyone has but doesn't know where to begin. And now let's join our host as we get real with ourselves, with God, and with you. So in the late 1970s, early 1980s, Atari came out with a game called Pitfall. And I loved it when you died. It looked like his legs crossed and... Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> so... In church planning, in ministry, whatever your ministry may look like, sometimes we run into pitfalls. Oh, my goodness. What are we going to do now? What pitfalls can we expect? How long do we have on this podcast, Anthony? <laughs> You've got 20 minutes. Go. Okay. So, no, we, we actually may cover more in a future podcast, but I will try to give a couple summaries, uh, Anthony. And we'll try to share it with you guys today uh, from uh, painful, scarred, and some PTSD experience <laughs> of some of the pitfalls that we've encountered as uh, we've uh, we've gone down the journey. And so, uh, Ant, um, I love the game too. That, that's one of my favorite <laughs> games. The best Atari game, though, is the bowling. Uh, the the, oh, the yeah, old like bowling that. game mm. was just classic. So, yeah. but today we will we will. Uh, Anchor down on the, on the pitfall game, and now I've got the music going on in my head. So thank you, <laughs> thank you for the imagery. And and so we we should have actually plugged in some pitfall music, you know, sort of that, that would that be pretty game, cool gaming music. Yeah. We, we may have to edit that in somehow. I don't know how to do that. So if you know how to do that and you're tuning in, just send me a message and we'll <laughs> we'll add that. But no, and on a on on some serious notes here, some of the pitfalls, uh, and and I'm, I'm going to start with. With one that is um, is something I've encountered because I I'm a Type A. Uh, a lot of times I'm a well my my um, uh, Myers Briggs is a INFJ, uh, and so that's about two percent of the pop less than two percent of the population are INFJ, which Weirdo. makes me weird. Um, I go at things alone a lot of times and. Uh, John Maxwell once coined it, and I love the way he said it. Um, he said, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I think the temptation of a church, of an ambitious, uh, driven, motivated church planter, that even in the right intent and the right purpose and the right motivation, the biggest challenge that I've, one of the biggest challenges I've encountered is to not go alone and so that that sounds counterintuitive right because you want you want people but but you want to make decisions alone you want to go fast you want to be uh, quick to the game quick to the uh, 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 to pull that trigger and so and so uh, you know so many times what that leads to Anthony is number one burnout oh yeah it leads to burnout discouragement um, I've experienced depression because of uh, putting so much pressure on me, putting so much pressure on my family that that it it just it we broke, you know, um, went into a dark place, a season of our lives where 
uh, we felt like complete and total failures. But when we stepped back and we we laid it all on the table for the Lord to help us analyze and 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 pick apart and gave us the diagnosis. The diagnosis was, Jamie, you meant well, you intended well. The flesh was willing, you know. This the spirit was willing, but the flesh was weak. You you had a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. And it hurt to hear that from the Holy Spirit as He began to guide us and direct us. But it really taught us that. Um, and here's what God did to me during that season, Aunt is he, in my burnout, in my darkness, in my depression, he began to take me to the Word of God. And guys, listen, nothing we do is extracurricular to the Word of God. It is, it is alive and true and being, and it's not just text on a page. It's a living Word, and it's a guide. And so he took me back to Moses, and he took me back to Jethro. He took me back to Jethro's counsel to Moses, he took me to Elijah. He took me to, uh, you know, the Moses and Joshua relationship. He took me to, I mean, all of these places, the David and Jonathan. He took me to, uh, uh, you know, the disciples. He took me to Jesus and the way he broke up the, the leadership of the disciples and to going out in twos as they would go out. And, and I see the, the reciprocating model in the Word of God of going with like-minded people who compliment you. Because if you go back to Aaron and Moses, right, they complimented one another. Now, obviously, God wanted Moses to trust him and, 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 and so on and so forth, but Moses' weakness was identified, and then he sent Aaron to be the mouthpiece, basically, to speak. And so you got, uh, you got Paul and Silas. You've got uh, you, know, uh, you know, all of these couples that, that went together in twos, the tandem approach to ministry. And, and boy, that, that really helped me along. But, but that's also, it slows you down. And because that's the second piece, Ant, that I think that, that discourages a pitfall is that we want to go so fast that, that we fail. And, and so if you want to fail, go fast because you will fail and you'll fail fast. Uh, but, but so, I, you know, I'm not saying be lethargic and slow and slothful either, right? Because there's a, there's a bit of slothfulness that could, that could result in a sleep that we don't want to be in a slumber, right? But we want to be methodically waiting, awaiting on the Lord with patience. Run this race that is set before you with patience. And as a, as a zealous, uh, 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 type A, INFJ, driven church planter, you want to go fast. Souls are dying and going to hell. 35,000 people die every day on earth, and they don't know Jesus, and blah, blah, blah. All this stuff is coming at you. And with urgency, and in, we, we err in, in, in a sense of urgency. And so notice the Apostle Paul. He wanted to go to, um, was it Bithynia? Uh, and, and the Holy Spirit restrained him. It constrained him, rather. It constrained him. He said, no, 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 you, you're not going there. You're going to go this way. And he sent Paul a total different direction. Than he wanted to go to Bithynia, but he said, no, you're not going there. Because it wasn't time. But in Paul's zealousness, he wanted to be there. But it wasn't time. And so, uh, and I hope that, that kind of uh, lays out a couple of the first initial pitfalls that I've experienced in my walk with the Lord here. I think it's interesting to hear as you're talking through this, and I think back about where we've been over the past few weeks, how as we dove into this, how we spoke about friends, 
how we spoke about gifts. And then you think about the first two pitfalls that you really spoke about was the aloneness and the speed. So a friend is going to jump in with you. Yep. Then gifts are going to be identified. You are going to launch out together. <laughs> you're going to learn the ground that you're plowing in. Mm-hmm. You're going to test the soil. You're going to yep. see all these things. It's amazing how this all is tying together, how all these things are tying together. And I love the scripture that you go back to there. You know, you know, you think about Moses and Aaron. You know, the Lord did want him to trust him, but at the same time, he gave him that mouthpiece yes. in Aaron mm-hmm. to be able to go and to speak. And if you notice, Aaron don't stay around a whole, whole long time during that in that in that sense because the boldness of God starts coming out. Yep. But yet he was still there, and mm-hmm. he was still a support. Then you think about how Jethro came and how Jethro showed him and said, "Man, you're doing too much on your own here, man. Yep. You need to. You need to. You need to." You need to kind of spread out some of this. You know, mm-hmm. let, let others get involved because when others are involved, some of that burden is taken off of you, and then you guys are going to be able to do so much more together, and you're going to be able to focus more on God and His plan right. and let Him distribute this out amongst the people. And I think that's important. So I'm early in this church planning thing, and I can definitely see how these would be two huge pitfalls, especially... The alone one, I couldn't imagine trying to launch out on my own with it. I, just in my own, I'll admit my own faults, my own failures. You know, I couldn't imagine, and I couldn't imagine the toll it would weigh upon you and the toll on your family. Yeah. It would be really bold and that would be really strong. And it seems really rough. And then, you know, no one. Because you understand the urgency that we live in right now. Man, I believe that the Lord's closer to coming back today than he was yesterday. Yes. Wouldn't be a, wouldn't surprise me in the least if before this podcast ended that the Lord had came back and raptured his church home. That yeah. wouldn't. So I understand the urgency. Yeah. And at the same time, you want, oh man, your heart beats and oh my goodness, you can just, you feel that urgency and you you want to see lives changed and souls saved and disciples made for the kingdom of God. But at the same time, during this whole process, and we've said it so many times, you may have a service that it might Mm. just be you and your family. Mm. You may have a service that there ain't a seat one. And at the same time, you're sitting back and your heart's just broken and you feel I'll be honest, there's times you feel really beat up. Yep. <laughs> there's times you feel mm-hmm. really beat up. Mm-hmm. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yep, yep. It's sad. You feel like the little figurine or the little character. You do. All. <laughs> you do. It's sad. And then there's times that there might be one or two there. But you know, at the end of it all, where two or three are gathered together in yeah. His name, yeah. He's in the midst thereof. Yeah. If you're working in the gift, if you're working in the plan, the purpose of God, these pitfalls can be turned into setups. Yep. No longer a setback, but yep. it was a setup. Yep. And there's a yeah. reason that the, the, those pitfalls exist because you know, so many times, you men in the Word of God were tempted to to go alone. Oh yeah. You know. You know. You. You, you think about Saul and the scripture. Where Saul went wrong is he, he went fast and he went alone. And yeah. in, in, that, in that speed and haste and in his uh, uh, independence of be operating in the will of God, he, 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 he failed miserably. And as a result, 
lost his uh, lost his tenure as king, and so uh, uh, and it's so many times you can you can see that replicating throughout the scripture, and so and and I'm going to say this I um, you know when we launched out in in Mount Vernon yeah we had no idea that the Eads family H E Eads he he um, uh, he is a, a friend of ours and uh, a longtime friend of mine. And and he he and his family have been at their church for how old was he thirty eight years thirty eight at the time yeah and they had been there for thirty eight years yeah. and we had no clue that they were going to join us along the journey to launch Cross Point Church in Mount Vernon and but they did and and had it not been for for that that his compliment to my my blind sides the my, my blind spots then um, we would have probably failed uh, miserably. And so I'm thinking about, um, you know, the, the, the church plant here in Monticello and, and you guys, and you, when I'm talking about you and your family, how that each member, and, and if you got my family and yours, we got a team of eight. Each, each individual member of that team brings something to the table. So true. And it's not, you know, I'm not getting up and singing and leading worship and leading prayer and preaching and serving and door greeting and following up and running a bus. I'm not having to do all that because, mm-hmm. because it wasn't meant for one person to a lot of that stuff's my weeks, my weakness. And yeah. so uh, it's a blessing. I was standing back the other day and I was observing during one of our services and, and Aunt, you do the same thing because every time we both observe this, we look at each other and smile. It's hmm. like, it's like kind of like that God wink, you know, you're like, you're like, Oh, 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 this is where, and you look around and you see, you know, Jackson, uh, my son, Zach, your son, and, and, and they're, they're, they're leading and serving and taking initiative on their own, uh, to serve. You got Abby up there leading worship, Heather leading worship. You got Autumn and Heather who are just a, Man, I put those two up against any any two. I mean, they're just they're they're relentless in their love and their service. And so each and every one of us, there's not one spectator among our core team. And and I think that's a beautiful thing because what I'm weak at, you're strong at. And hmm. what what some of the others are, are weak or strong at, it complements the other strength or weakness. And and it's the beauty of of having a team and going together as a team. But I I, I think that. Uh, that that pitfall is is so easily um, you know avoided by by doing the pre work. You know, I'm thinking about Ephesus. I'm thinking about Paul's time at Ephesus right now. I'm I'm considering his time down where he actually rented some space and taught there for a couple years there. Uh, the school of Tyrannus is that you know, and then so he taught there. And as he taught there, um, what he was doing is he was doing pre work. He was doing pre work. He was prep work. That was, they were about to graduate and move out. Okay, when Jesus was teaching the disciples, he took them to a place uh, uh, called, um, um, oh shoot, it, it, it was it was they, they call it the Gates of Hell, but I forgot the name of the the specific name of the place. But so he took him to this place, and the 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 the, the mythology or or tradition of the time was that's where the the demons entered in and out of hell. Obviously, Jesus knew that was not the literal place where that happened, but he knew it was figurative. So he took them to the to the gates of hell, the gates of Hades, and and he asked them a question. This was their graduation ceremony. He was pre, he had prepared them for three years, or three and a half years up to this point to 
to go release them. And so what I'm thinking about is all the pre-work, all the pre-work that Jesus did around a campfire. And then and I'm thinking about our pre-work that we did as a team. And, and this wasn't even a formal thing. We didn't even know we were going together. We sat in our living room, at my kitchen rather, um, as a team before we were a team. Yeah. And we were white papering vision and passion and, and, and the dream of what God was doing in our hearts and then wanted to do in Monticello and, and beyond, actually. And so we started putting pen on paper. And as the pen began to hit paper, then the flame in our heart began to kind of burn a little hotter, a little warmer. The vision became a little more clear and a little more audacious and a little more impossible. Mm-hmm. But yet, but yet it, it, it was neat to see it all come together. So the next thing that I want to say is a pitfall is what is having an unclear vision. Yeah. If I'm just going to go do, you know, go do something without a clear vision, without vision, Men perish. Yep. What 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 did God say to the prophet? He said, "Write the vision, make it clear, make mm-hmm. it plain, and make it simple, so they can read it." Yeah. So write the Dagburn thing down. Don't keep it in this secret place, right? And so I think that writing that vision down, being very specific about about what God is doing in your heart, and and that that gives everybody around you, the team, a true north. A true north. That way, they know what success looks like, and they know what we're, we're aiming for. Yeah, I agree with you, and I think it. I think it's beautiful. Just to back up a minute before we talk about the vision, just something that I thought about is I also see how how you see the complement of everybody that's on that eight group team, mm-hmm. and then you see the the individuals that God has brought in right. to the journey community. Yep. And you see their strengths that are shining out, yep. and you see how God moves in them. And then in the weak spots that we have in this core, how they plug in, and you're creating this extremely strong circle. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this out, my brother Rick. This I noticed when we were serving that day. And normally I'm I'm a quiet guy. It's hard to believe anybody that talks to me very much that I, I don't say a whole lot. <laughs> but as we were standing there and people would come up, Rick, as we were standing there serving food, he was always the first one that would speak out and he'd say, Hey, can we pray for you? Hey, inviting you to church. Wow. And I thought to myself, Man, what a compliment this wow. is, you know, standing here. Yep. And you could see God moving through him and mm-hmm. the boldness of the Holy Spirit that lived in him. Right. To be able to reach out, and then as soon as Rick say, "Hey, can we pray for you?" We's like, "He's like, yeah, yeah, pray for us." And Rick say, "Anthony, let's pray." And I wow. thought, man, that's how, wow. how wonderful that is. That in in the weakness that I had, God put somebody right beside of me that Praise was strong God. in it. And I thought, man, how Praise wonderful God. this is. Then you see outreach ministries that are reaching out, and you know, you, you my goodness, you see all these great things that God is doing and how God is outreaching, how he's pouring out. You see the people that are coming onto the team, the helpers, the one that tie in. You see the victors, the Catherines. You see these folks that are coming in. You see the Davids that are tying in on all this, you know. And and it just blesses your heart to see God putting it all together. Now the vision. Whenever the white pages went up, and it was all going up there, and you sat back and looked at it. As we were going through it, there were th- th- there were times that I was sitting there thinking to myself, "There's no way, there's no way, there's no way that we're going to be able to do that." And it's awesome to think back now 
and to see, and I, I like follow through as well. Mm-hmm. The check marks that can go beside that. Mm. 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 Got yeah. it. God did that. God did that. Yeah. God did that. And then it's also awesome how the vision shifted. How mm-hmm. what we as we were talking, as we were reaching out, and we were seeing these things. How God would shift it, and how He would change it to His will, His design. But it all worked together in His plan. Truly, without a vision, the people perish. Truly, without a vision, the church plant will perish. Mm. I believe that. Yes. If there's no true vision, then why? why yeah. If there's no vision, why are we even in this? Why in the world would we be doing this if there's not a vision and there's no follow through with the vision? Mm-hmm. And like you said, if there's no vision, the people perish. If there's no vision, if the vision isn't clear, if the vision isn't straight, man, the people sit back and think, well, what in the world are we even doing? What, what, what's, our end, what's our end game here? What's our goal? What in the world are we doing all this for? No, so so is our goal, you know, and 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 Aunt, we're we're not going to finish this today. I'm no. just jotting down some notes of things that we have to be sure yeah. that we that we cover um, in in the coming episodes. And so I'm thinking about another pitfall, and we'll cover this in more detail. Mm-hmm. Is is budget, you know, stewardship, and yeah. and there's a unique way that I feel like that God has led us into planting churches and mm-hmm. ministries. That that will that will hopefully help somebody else, and and then uh, the, the the next thing is uh, a leadership pipeline, and that's something yeah. we're getting to the stage right now in the church plant in Monticello here in Kentucky that we're going to have to develop and articulate and clarify a leadership pipeline. In other words, mm-hmm. clarification of roles, though people can understand what are the gaps that they can plug into, yeah. and then and how do we navigate that? Because ambiguity is the enemy to progress, and I think yeah. that amb- ambiguity is also the mother of stress. Yeah. And so I think mm-hmm. that you know I've, I've experienced that in the workplace, I've experienced that at home, I've experienced that in church, yeah. and in leadership in general. And so, and so I think any any opportunity that we have to clarify the vision, even in the minutia, even in the minutia, to help people and individuals understand, hey, this is where you plug in yeah. to the big picture. This mm-hmm. is where you plug in to the vision. I was talking uh, at a seminar, goodness, it's been about three years ago now, pre-COVID. Uh, people were there. <laughs> and and in one of the one of the things I was I was I was discussing at one point, um, uh, it's been years ago with a somebody who was cleaning the church. And they were they were saying, I'm just a janitor. I'm just a, you There's know, no just, uh, you know, there is no just. And no. so if <laughs> no, the role, if the role had been clarified yeah. is that you're not the custodian, yeah, you're the steward of mm-hmm. the presence of God. Yeah. So you actually have the opportunity to prepare the place mm-hmm. where the people's lives will be changed. That that altar that you're vacuuming, or the those Kleenexes that you place onto the area, yeah. or whatever, the, the the snotty nose that's going to be wiped mm-hmm. by that Kleenex yeah. is a snotty nose that's crying because of what God is doing in their life and the repentance. And so it's like, oh, 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 yeah. that changes mm-hmm. everything. It does. And so I think there's a lot of, the, and, and and we'll share a little bit more about about those things. But just to kind of button up today's conversation. There's two key things that we covered today, or three. Yep. Going alone yep. is a hazard. It is. It can wear you out. Oh, yeah. 
And number two, the going patience. fast, yeah. man. You got to be patient. Yeah. You got to give God time to work. Yeah. Uh, not that He needs time, but sometimes mm-hmm. He chooses to take time to exercise our patience. Yep. And His timing is always oh, Lazarus yes, perfect. Right. Perfect. Uh, it's Lazarus perfect. Yeah. It's it's the four day perfect. And yeah. so then the last thing that we 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 just we discussed here, and and just in very small detail, we may dip more into this, is get your team together. Meet, meet, meet before, a lot before. Meet frequently before. Let the team have time to develop camaraderie and like vision, like passion, and write it down. Memorialize it and then follow up. So we're going to talk about measuring the wrong things. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about stewardship. We're going to talk about leadership pipeline. And we're going to talk about planting a mission and not a service. Yeah, That's all forthcoming. Yeah. And guys, until next time, keep it real. See ya. Thank you for joining the Real Life Podcast. You can subscribe to our program anywhere podcasts are available. Stay up to date by subscribing to our show. Join us again next week as we tackle real life together.